Hello, Newark family, and welcome back once again to our Saturday evening broadcast. And I am delighted to be able to join you. And tonight, once again, I get to introduce our topic for this week. So you're going to notice something a little bit different this week. All throughout this week, we are going to talk about bones. That's right, you heard me as in your skeleton, bones in the Bible. Now, where on earth are we going with that? What are we talking about? Well, stay tuned over the next few days, and you'll see that this is a bit more of a potluck week, much like we did, oh, probably a month or so, maybe two months back, where we did a potluck theme, and what we did is we had every speaker kind of bring their own idea and kind of their own theme for what they wanted to do that week. Well, this week at the high level, our theme has to do with bones, how that's going to be carried out, You'll see as the week unfolds, as each night, we take a different passage in the Bible that somehow references bones, and we'll see how this ties together. Before we begin tonight, and I dive into the chapter that I'm going to look at, let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to come together once again. You continue to sustain us during this time. You have protected us. You continue to provide for us and to meet our needs. And so we pray that we would stay strong, that we'd stay focused and stay committed to what you're doing, that during this time we would lean on you and not trust our own understanding, but be seeking after you and your will and your purpose and looking for how you're at work in this difficult and challenging COVID-19 situation. Speak to us tonight through your word. May we learn and draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So let's talk about bones. Now, if you take a moment, you can probably think of multiple different passages in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, that have to do with bones. And so tonight, I'm going to open with a verse of Scripture that's probably very familiar to many of you who have been in church for quite some time. And I'm going to go to the book of Jeremiah, and specifically, we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 20. And I'm going to read Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, and I'm going to read it out of the King James translation, because for many of us who have been in church a long time, you likely have heard this preached multiple times. And it says, And then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. That phrase, like a fire shut up in my bones, is probably very familiar to many of you. You've heard that preached in different places and in different contexts, and likely it had something to do with the idea of passion and zeal and being on fire for God. Think of campfire messages or youth rallies or other places, some special service or convention where you've heard these words. And we tend to take that phrase and that idea of fire shut up in our bones, and we associate that with passion and revival, and being on fire for God, or other phrases like that. And hear me very clearly. These are all good things. And I hope that you do have passion for the kingdom of God. And I hope that there is something that is lit in your heart. We mix metaphors when we talk about lighting a fire in our heart. And this idea that zeal for God is burning within us. But by now, you should know that if I'm going to take a passage like this and approach it, and in this church, we're going to dig into the scripture and see what it says. So tonight, let's rewind just a little bit 
Let's take all of those sermons that you may have heard over the years that have to do with fire burning in your bones, and let's kind of put them up on the shelf for a moment, and let's go back and look at what Jeremiah was talking about in Jeremiah chapter 20. And let's take a slower read. I don't have time to do a full slow read on the whole chapter, but let's see in its context what was Jeremiah talking about when he mentioned this idea of fire in his bones. You ready? Let's dig right in. As we look at Jeremiah chapter 20, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, and I want to start at verse 1 of Jeremiah chapter 20. And it says, Now Pashur, the son of Immer, the priest in charge of the temple of the Lord, heard what Jeremiah was prophesying. Hmm. Okay, so what was it that Jeremiah was prophesying? In order to figure that out, you'd have to go back to Jeremiah chapter 19. And for the sake of time on tonight's broadcast, I'm not going to do that. You go read it later. But when you do, you will see that Jeremiah chapter 19 is Jeremiah publicly decrying, denouncing, speaking out against some incredibly terrible, horrible, abominable, wicked practices that were going on in the land of Israel. Go read chapter 19 to get the full context. The short version is just outside the city. People were worshiping Baal and the other gods of the pagan nations around them. And part of that worship included child sacrifice. Yes, you heard that correctly. Child sacrifice. And God was absolutely appalled that the people of Jerusalem would fall into this pagan idol worship. And Jeremiah is decrying against them and speaking out about how God was going to bring judgment on them for these absolutely wicked, abominable practices. And that's the end of Jeremiah 19. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 1, opens with this priest in the temple, Pashur, the son of Immer, hearing what Jeremiah was prophesying. So watch verse 2. So he arrested Jeremiah, the prophet, and had him whipped and put in stocks at the Benjamin gate of the Lord's temple. For preaching out against these wicked practices, Jeremiah was arrested, he was whipped, and then put in stocks overnight. How do I know it's overnight? Verse 3, the next day, when Pashur finally released him, Jeremiah said, and then you can read the rest of verse 3, and it moves on down through verse 6, as Jeremiah then prophesies against Pashur of the coming judgment that God's going to put on him for treating Jeremiah that way and for being uh, basically condoning, I should say, the wicked practices that Jeremiah decried against in Jeremiah 19. Then jumping down to verse 7, for the rest of the chapter, starting at verse 7, chapter 20 records this complaint, you heard me, complaint that Jeremiah has against God. If I want to use a more biblical term that you've heard us talk around here before, we would say that Jeremiah begins his lament against what God has allowed to happen to him and what Jeremiah is doing. Now, let's put verse 9 in context with what I've just said. Starting in verse 7, Jeremiah says, O Lord, you misled me, and I allowed myself to be misled. You are stronger than I am, and you overpowered me. And now I am mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me. Does this sound 
like passion and zeal. Does this sound like something good? Now, this is a complaint. Jeremiah is deeply hurt. Keep in mind, he just spent the night before, after having been beaten for preaching against their wicked practices, and then put in stocks and left overnight at the gate. He's been released, and now he's complaining to God, saying, I've been misled, Lord. In other words, I, I don't know what to make of this. I, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't realize, God, what you were getting me into. Verse 8, when I speak, words burst out. Violence and destruction, I shout, which was a hallmark of Jeremiah's ministry because, again, he was very grieved by all the wickedness that was going on around him. So he says, every time he opens his mouth to proclaim the word of God, what comes out is violence and destruction. And so these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. A household joke. I like the way the New Living Translation puts that because it points out Jeremiah's frustration. God, every time I try to speak for you, all I prophesy is violence and destruction. And I've done this so many times now that I'm a joke around here. I'm a common household joke. When people hear me or they hear the messages that I'm claiming are coming from you, they laugh at it and they mock it. But watch verse 9. As frustrated as he is, and even though he knows that he's become a joke in his community, but if I say, I'll never mention the Lord or speak his name. So Jeremiah's decided in his head, you know what? If I decided I'm not going to do this anymore, I'm going to stop proclaiming God's message. His word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. This is the context for that famous phrase, like fire shut up in my bones. Jeremiah is dealing with a situation where he is proclaiming God's message to a wicked generation, and they refuse to listen to his messages. And Jeremiah has been doing this for so long at this point, and he said these things so many times that people now laugh at him and mock him. And he said, I know that I'm a joke every time I do this, but God, whenever I try to hold it in, if I decide that I am not going to proclaim your message, it burns in my heart. It burns in my bones. And I just get weary and exhausted trying to hold it in. I can't do it. What does this sound like to you? Does this sound like passion and excitement and zeal and someone who just can't wait to go out there and do it again? Or in this context... Do you get a different image? Let's take this phrase, this idea of what Jeremiah is describing. And let's say that you had a friend come to you and they said, I don't feel good. In fact, everything aches and I feel like I've got this just fire in my chest. And I feel this fire in my bones and in my joints. And I am just exhausted and worn out. What would you think if someone described that to you? Would you think... That person's really excited. They must be burning up with passion. No, you'd think your friend had the flu. You would think that something was wrong with your friend, that they're sick. And this is the way that Jeremiah describes what God's doing to him. He says, God, I don't like proclaiming your message because people mock at me and they laugh at me and I've become a joke. But if I don't proclaim your message, I ache. My body gets physically sick. I'm burning up. 
modern vernacular, this is Desi's paraphrase, hear me, paraphrase. He says, I feel like I've got a fever. It hurts so much. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. So I have to proclaim your message. And Jeremiah is not on an uptick right now. And Jeremiah is not shouting down glory from the heavens. Jeremiah is saying, God, this is ridiculous and it's unfair and I didn't sign up for this. I was misled. I didn't understand what you were asking me to do. And every time I open my mouth, what comes out of my mouth is treated like a joke by other people. And I'm just so weary and worn out and it burns within me and it aches. It hurts when I don't say it, so I just can't do it. I have to say it. And down and down and down, Jeremiah is going. If you keep reading the chapter, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. We see that he keeps talking about the rumors and he knows what people want to do to him. And he feels like even those who supposedly were his friends are now watching him, waiting for him to slip up and fall. And so down and down and down this goes. And Jeremiah is depressed. Jeremiah is sinking down into gloom. But watch this. You get a little farther in the chapter. We jump down to verse 11. He says, But the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Before him my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. Okay, that's starting to sound a little better. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of heaven's armies, you test those who are righteous, and you examine the deepest thoughts and secrets. Let me see your vengeance against them. You, you can see Jeremiah, maybe at this point, getting more passionate, saying, God, I want to see you carry out your vengeance and your justice against them. For I have committed my cause to you. Watch verse 13. In the middle of this gloom, all of a sudden, Jeremiah 20 verse 13 says, Sing to the Lord. Praise the Lord. For though I was poor and needy, he rescued me from my oppressors. And so now we've swung up. We start with this, oh God, this is not what I signed up for. And by the time we get to verse 13 in chapter 20, he's saying, sing to the Lord and give him praises. God has rescued him from his oppressors. Yay, Jeremiah, doesn't this sound good? Now we're heading in an upward trajectory. We're seeing this movement. You've, if you've been around a while, you've probably heard me talk about lament before, how a complaint parks, but a lament has movement. And so we start with Jeremiah's grief, and now we are swinging up. And if I stopped right there, this is where I tell you that even in times of distress and when things are bad, don't worry. Just keep looking up. Keep your perspective right. Sing to the Lord and give him praises because he will come and rescue you. But the chapter doesn't stop there. And I can't, in good conscience, stop right here. I have to keep reading. So right on the heels of saying, For though I was poor and needy, he rescued me from my oppressors. Verse 14, the very next verse. You ready for this? Here's Jeremiah's response. Yet I cursed the day that I was born. May no one celebrate the day of my birth. What? So we just said, sing to the praise to the Lord. And now I curse the day I was born. And Jeremiah begins his downward slide and it continues down through the rest of the chapter. I'm jumping down to verse 17. Oh, that I had died in my mother's womb, that her body had been my grave. And it continues its downward spiral. And verse 18, why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. And so, boom, 
End of discussion. End of chapter. That's the end of chapter 20 in Jeremiah. 21 picks up with a new story where Jeremiah is preaching once again. What on earth just happened here? We're crashing down and fire in my bones is not a good thing. It's a complaint. And then we climb back up and, you know, we'll praise God because he rescues me from my oppressors. And then we just drop right off a cliff. I wish I had never been born. And we get to the end of the chapter and his life is full of sorrow and shame. What a roller coaster of a chapter. What on earth is going on in Jeremiah chapter 20? And what are we supposed to do with this when we read it? Well, let's take a moment and talk about this idea of Jeremiah's bones and what he felt deep within him. So by describing his bones, he's talking about his core and his heart at the, the innermost part of his being. And let me point out to start with that although Jeremiah is issuing a complaint, it's not a praise, he's not talking about zeal, it's a complaint before God that I don't even want to do this, but if I don't, I feel sick. I ache, I'm weary, I'm worn out, it burns within me. It wouldn't hurt if Jeremiah didn't care. It wouldn't affect Jeremiah like this if he wasn't a man after God's heart, if he wasn't trying to be obedient and do what's righteous. Jeremiah is so committed to the work of God he is so committed to the mission that God has given him that even when he no longer wants to do it, he's been at this for so long. Hear me tonight. His relationship with God is so deep that if he were to try and quit, if he were to try and silence himself, he is more miserable being silent. He's even worse off ignoring his calling and what God has asked him to do than if he follows through and then suffers the persecution and the harassment and the humiliation and the beating and the jailing from doing what God has asked him to do. Jeremiah knows what is right, but he's also not afraid to express to God how he feels. Jeremiah feels very, very deeply Jeremiah is an emotional, passionate man, and deep within his bones, he knows what he is supposed to do. He is committed to God's message. It hurts, and it's a complaint, and it aches within him when he doesn't follow through. He's violating the core of his relationship with God. He's violating the core of his being if he's not obedient to what God has called him to do. Can we say the same? Are we so committed to God? Do we have such a deep and passionate relationship with him that even on a bad day, when we've spent the night in jail and we've been beaten and arrested for proclaiming God's message, as we get out the next day and we say, God, I didn't sign up for this. I don't even want this. But you know what? If I don't do it, it hurts and it burns within me. This should give us pause should bring us to some level of reflection about our own commitment to God. The other thing I see in this chapter that's worth mentioning is this lament and this movement of down and then back up and then we crash down again. And God's okay with this. Hear me, God's okay with this. This has been preserved in the scripture for our benefit. Jeremiah takes us on this emotional roller coaster as he pours out his complaint, his lament against God. And it's been preserved for you and I to read it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years later. 
far removed from the original context. And yet we can see Jeremiah's emotion and passion coming through. And God is okay with the way that Jeremiah is speaking to him. My brothers and sisters, what we are facing today is a difficult situation. And we are in a challenging time. But we're not facing what Jeremiah faced. We're not at that, at least not yet. Not where we're at. That's not the kind of circumstances we are in. Are we committed to God in the same way that Jeremiah was committed? Is our love for truth and God's message so deep in our bones that when we're weary and worn out and we don't want to be obedient to God, it aches and burns and hurts within us? Jeremiah was so in tune with what God wanted, was so committed to that message, had been doing it for so long that even when he was mentally and emotionally exhausted and he was done, he said, I, I just, I can't do it. This is what I know. And if I try to silence myself, if I try to hold it in, it just burns and it hurts. I hope that I am growing into a relationship with God that looks something like that. Not that I want to burn deep in my bones. Not that I want to hurt. Not that I want to be arrested like Jeremiah. Not that I want to be beaten and persecuted like Jeremiah for doing what God has asked me to do. But heaven help us. Oh Lord, may we be committed to you in such a way that we are so sold out to your message that we feel this is all we can do. And like Jeremiah, may we also recognize that even in difficult circumstances, when we don't want to do what you're asking us to do, it's okay with you if we tell you that. God wasn't bothered that Jeremiah complained. God wasn't upset that Jeremiah poured out his heart and told him how he felt. But Jeremiah was still obedient. Go read Jeremiah chapter 21. Right after making this lament, the very next chapter, we see Jeremiah right back at it, proclaiming the word of the Lord and saying hard things in a very difficult time to a wicked king and his court officials as they come to him looking for relief. And his response is, no, it's not happening. This is not going to go the way you think. Babylon is not going away. So may we be committed like Jeremiah. May it be something where we are so committed to God that even when we don't feel like it on a bad day, on a low day, on a tired day, on an exhausted day, when we just feel like giving up, something is so deep within us and it compels us so hard that we think, where else would I go? What, what else would I do? I can't think of anything else to do. I can't imagine living any other way. When I want to stop, it aches in my joints. And so I just, I can't do it. I have to live this way. I hope that as you look at this passage and we see Jeremiah's lament, although he was facing a difficult, very challenging circumstance, although Jeremiah was complaining and he was upset at what he was having to do, at the same time, he was so committed to God and he loved his message so much. Jeremiah cared so much that it burned, it ached, it hurt within him when he wasn't 
preaching, when he wasn't proclaiming God's message, when he tried to disobey. May we have that level of commitment in our life. So this week, I challenge you to spend some time in reflection and talking to God. Have a good conversation with him. God, do I love you so much that I can't imagine living any other way? Am I so committed to obedience to you that even if I wanted to walk away, my body wouldn't let me? May we have that kind of commitment to him. This week, reevaluate your relationship with God and your commitment and obedience to him. Let the Spirit lead you and guide you. Let God draw you into him. Have some tough conversations. And stay tuned this week as you continue to see where we go in the series of bones. Each week we're going each night I should say in this week, we're going to talk about some different aspects. So tonight I start by asking you what kind of fire burns in your bones. Heavenly Father, may we be so in tune with you and so radically committed to your message that on a bad day when we're done and we're exhausted and ready to give up, our bodies won't let us and we couldn't imagine living any other way than this. Help us to have that kind of commitment to you. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We'll see you the rest of this week.